another in this series of conversations with various artists about the work that they do and how it helps them and other people emotionally. Because the arts of all different kinds are where we do a lot of our emotional work, where we figure things out, learn to understand ourselves, express ourselves and connect with ourselves and each other. I'm Frances Butt. La burla in Italian means a practical joke or a prank. In Spanish, it means a sneer or a jeer or scoffing at something. Stick on a French ending, et voilà, burlesque. And this originally meant a literary or dramatic ridiculing of a serious subject using caricature and parody. But the meaning has expanded mainly through the 20th century to include erotic dance that's also cheeky, subversive and fun. And this is now the more prevalent meaning of burlesque. Think of the roll call of stars that have contributed to that reputation for burlesque. The Divine Miss Josephine Baker, Gypsy Rose Lee, Betty Page and crossing the millennium Dita Von Tees, to name but four of many. The 1990s boom in burlesque reclaimed it as an empowering celebration of women's gorgeousness and it still tends to look better on girls with curves than skinny malinks. In the 1950s, burlesque became associated with ladies peeling their clothes off, partially or completely, in performances mixing eroticism with grace, cheerfulness and humour. And the result is beautiful, graceful, cheeky, sassy and kind of chaste as well, but also, of course, daring. That's a heck of a list of things to be doing well all at once. But my guest Amanda Perry's performances have all these ingredients in spades. And in recent years, her dancing has pushed beyond the confines of that current meaning of burlesque. She weaves stories with her lovely feminine feline moves and always in incredible costumes. And she makes it all look so easy and totally joyful. I knew she'd had a really rough 2020. So I was a bit hesitant, actually, about asking her to talk to me. But she was really up for it. So here we go. Hello, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thanks. <laughs> you look amazing, as always. I have to tell the listeners, you're always made up to Elizabeth Taylor perfection. You really oh, are. Oh, thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> I do try. And you succeed. <laughs> so can I ask you, first of all, when did you start performing as a dancer? How did that come about? Okay, so my love of dance started when I was 13. Mm. I actually joined a disco dancing class. Oh. And um, I just loved it. And basically it became my main hobby. And I was doing it every week, religiously, until I was 16. And we used to compete in competitions in a formation team great and um that's where the love of dance started and with along with that came lots of sewing costumes lots of hand sewing sequins on costumes and uh quite a lot of glitz and glamour (laughs) and I just got really addicted to it and um actually looking back I think it was a pretty healthy sport for a kid really and I think that stood me in good stead for you know health wise for the future brilliant yeah because it's fitness and it's immense fun as well isn't it yeah totally Mm. um I mean disco music is fast absolutely yeah yeah (laughs) and uh the dancing was like really 
poof, yeah, it was really hardcore dancing. <laughs> and um, later on, after having a small break from 16 to 19, mm. I started to get into podium dancing Oh, at, in nightclubs. Okay. So like go-go dancing as well. Can you explain what that is to people who don't know what go-go dancing is? So basically it's like just when you see dancers in nightclubs up on the podiums, mm. just kind of going for it <laughs> <laughs> in like uh, in fun costumes, etc. Um, it was it was like that. And then that moved into, I met a, a woman who was running the fetish scene in Bristol. Right. And I became a model for her and all her models danced. So, is, this, is this Liz, by the way? Yeah, Liz Lewis. Oh, Liz Lewis, yeah. yeah. Ah. Hi, Liz. Well, I said, she's <laughs> yeah. a friend of yours, isn't she? Yeah, she's a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so what I loved about what she did was that all of her dancers, uh, sorry, all of her models that came down the catwalk danced down the catwalk. They, they didn't just kind of strut down. They were, yeah. it was full on dancing. So that just suited me so well after all the other kind of dancing, the disco dancing. Brilliant. The podium. I also did festival dancing got myself a troop of dancers together and we were basically dancing on the stage back then back okay. then it was more of a thing to do like where a bunch of dancers would get on stage with the DJs okay so I did that and then I did some pole dancing mm-hmm. did that for a very long time and I got kind of got I don't know enticed into that a bit with the financial side of things okay and then from there I went into burlesque. Yeah. And I did that for 10 years. Venus Noir days. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Great name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, when did your husband start helping you with costumes? Because he was helping you from the get go, wasn't he? Can you tell us? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. My husband, um, because he had, unfortunately, he had epilepsy. Right. Um, and unfortunately, he was one of these rare people where he couldn't quite get it under control with all the various drugs that he was given over the years. He, he, he always still had fits, so he right. wasn't able to work. Right. But it's funny because with, with that kind of uh, problem, you know, you, they get days when they're feeling absolutely fine and you would look yeah. at him and you wouldn't think there was anything, yeah. he had any problems, health problems at all. And um, so on his good days, he would do a lot. He was, you know, a master of all trades. Mm. And he basically got on the sewing machine one day took to it like a duck to water oh and um it looked really funny actually because he was six foot four big guy yeah uh, very big guy big hands and everything and then you know you'd see him kind of sat at the uh, sewing machine sewing up frilly frilly costumes for me (laughs) (laughs) and it did look a bit strange but uh he didn't care because actually he had a love of clothing from a very young age as well he was a bit of a punk rocker so he liked to play around with kind of cutting up fabrics and it was a great time to play with clothes wasn't it it was a brilliant time yeah 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 and what what we found is basically we turned into a bit of a team Mm -hmm. I've always been a little bit more on the curvy side as well so yeah actually not always that easy to find things to look great on girls with lots of curves sort of thing. Yeah, you're tall as well, which which, which is, I think it works fantastically on the stage because you really do stand out in a beautiful way. But I oh, guess that's you. also, yeah, that's another issue. That's another, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there, absolutely. So, you know, to have someone, you know, in my corner that kind of knew my my uh, measurements very well and had a bit of a knack for it, we, t- we turned into a tag team uh, whereby... I would unpick certain items of clothing that I liked and get the pattern 
And then he would help create different garments for me using the patterns that I would give him. You know, he loved it. And also he really enjoyed making props for me. When I was doing um, performing burlesque in Mm. London with the London Burlesque Festival, I worked at the um, Raymond Review Bar and Café de Paris, all these lovely places. And it was just so so much fun really because I would just go oh do you think you could make me a gramophone that uh that has has a revolving top please crikey <laughs> and he'd be like yeah I could do that wow. <laughs> so yeah and um, the best thing he ever made me actually was a beautiful golden carousel horse wow. which um he ordered this do-it-yourself like rocking uh rocking horse set which oh. you basically get the blocks of wood and carve out yourself and uh, carved it all out and painted it with this beautiful gold car paint and put a pole in the middle of it for me. And yeah, yeah. So you still got it? No, No, we sold it in the end because we didn't have room for it. So, you know, kind of regret that, to be honest. But But I love this because the costumes and the props are part of storytelling, aren't they? And certainly your burlesque performances always were a story with a theme. Absolutely. You're still doing that with the dancing you're doing today, aren't you? Sure. I mean, it's just whatever kind of takes my fancy almost at the time. Um, I do like to try and push myself a little bit because burlesque is, well, I I almost got sort of typecast as a classic burlesque dancer for many years because, Mm -hmm. you know, nobody wants to be put in a box when it comes to their artistic ways you know you you want to be you don't want to uh just be one thing because a lot of girls were like I don't really want to be the classic burlesque dancer because it's actually really hard work to be perfect and it it, it's true it really is it's like yeah you have to have everything just so and perfect Mm -hmm. you know all the stockings have to be perfect the lines at the back need to be perfect lipstick put everything hair perfect you know it's it's actually quite hard work it's a lot harder than you might think um although you the way you do it or with when I did see you do it, it does look effortless because you look so comfortable doing it. Oh, thank like you. Like you're enjoying yourself, which is like the audience can enjoy it then because if there's any any shred of worry about, I guess you'd have to be sure that your stocking seams are straight and all that. Otherwise, you'd yes. be worried about something. So I can see that it would be quite paddling hard under the surface. Yeah, looking, absolutely. Looking yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And, and a lot of um, a lot of the girls would opt for the more like funny burlesque. Yeah. Because that is less stressful. And unfortunately, for a while there, I thought, you know, you know, it's like, can a woman be graceful and be funny? Mm. You know, it's like a bit of a juxtaposition. Mm. It's like you're either one or the other, really. Um, Gosh, yeah, can't yeah. necessarily be both. Although saying that, the essential part of burlesque is sass. Yes, and sass and sass. It's fun. I don't know how funny yes. it is, but it's fun. Yeah, God, it's not funny, but it's yeah, fun. Fine exactly. lines, aren't they? Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, you, yeah. like if you see someone kind of uh, being sassy and kind of having fun, then that makes you exactly what you said. It makes the audience think, oh, she's fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. This is a yeah. this is a really good laugh. You know, I did read that somewhere actually when I was looking through my stuff. It's like it is the essential part of burlesque is sass. If, if there's no sass, then it's just rubbish burlesque. Right. So I did try to push a little bit with some comedy stuff. And then and then it's very much indulging all the things that you would love to, you know, some of the things you loved as a kid or you some of, you know, the dressing up side of things, which obviously that's a big part of yeah, yeah. what I love to do is to kind of dress up in costumes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2012, I came first runner up in the British Female Crown. And that was 
it felt a bit like the ends of my career as a burlesque dancer a little bit because I'd been doing it for so long. Right. And I started to feel a little bit like, okay, I want to do more dancing, but I don't necessarily want to have to keep getting my boobs out every time I do a dance. Yeah. Really, I feel like I should have the option and whether not to or, you know. So that's when I decided to drop my name and take another name. Yes. And just almost go back to my roots a bit with the love of um, dance music. So now you're Lady lady Amp. Where's the Amp come from? I am. Amanda May Perry. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, I was and, thinking um, this is mysterious. Where does that come from? It's got some, some conceptual People thing. don't know my middle name is May, so it's A-M-P. So That's perfect. Like, people, people said I should be Lady Bump, but I thought, no, I'll, I'll be Lady Amp. Um, I'm, a, I'm a lady because well, you are. Simon, um, before he passed away, Yeah. For a gift, he bought me a small piece of land in Scotland, and which actually makes me a real lady. Oh, I love <laughs> don't it. ask me how much because it's only a tiny bit of land, but, <laughs> but um, it's you know, it was such oh, a that's, a sweet. that's really gift. sweet, that's a sweet yeah. thing. <laughs> so, so you've just uh, you've just uh, spilled the beans there about Simon, and um, can you tell us yeah. now about your 2020 because it wasn't just the pandemic that that was made it tough for you, was it? So yeah, tell, yeah. Us, tell us how it went. And, um... Um, so um, unfortunately, Simon passed away, um, and uh, that happened whilst I wasn't there as mm. well. I was actually doing a charity fundraising gig. I, I'd really cut back on my gigs due to his epilepsy getting a bit worse. Right. And, uh, it was all, it's always a risk if you leave someone who's got epilepsy. Right. But you can't cover them in cotton wool either. You know, you've got, you still have to go to the shops. You still have to kind of function and live your life. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, he passed away whilst having a fit the following morning. Right. It's really sad because on the day before was uh, was Valentine's Day. Oh. And I've got the poem he wrote me. He gave me, gave me a poem in the morning. The last thing I said to him was, I love you. And he said the same to me, I love you too. And that, those were the very last words we said to each other. Oh, I'm glad about that. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a beautiful way to uh, remember our last moment. And, um, yes. And um, so, yeah, that, that was such a shock to us. And then, and then a few weeks after that, it was lockdown. Mm. In fact, actually, it was around, we'd gotten to about six weeks after he passed. And in between that, my mum died as well. <gasps> my mum died two weeks after Simon. Oh, my goodness. My mum had been ill for a couple of years with dementia. Oh, I see. So she'd been kind of just existing rather than living for quite a long time. So mm. in a way, it was a relief that when she actually passed because she'd been suffering a lot. But it still was difficult because, that you know, sure, yeah. I barely lost my husband. And then I was going to my mum's funeral. Then, so we basically didn't go out for about six weeks, uh, my daughter and um, myself. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, we were just about ready to face the world again, maybe. And that would have been something like a hairdo or yeah. maybe visit a friend, go for coffee, you know, just something to uplift your spirits because the spirits were so low. Mm. And then lockdown happened. Oh, goodness, Amanda. <laughs> so it was absolutely impossible to... Uh, do any of those things just to uplift yourself I yeah. couldn't even go and see my dad of course 
so that was horrendous and um yeah so from there on in like I went downhill for a little while um it's a bit of a horrible it's a very sad story but basically I went to collect my husband's ashes and my mum's ashes on the same day um we knew that lockdown was happening and we didn't want our relatives to be sat on a shelf somewhere collecting dust. Sure, yeah. So I went to get my husband's ashes and then I got my mum's ashes from Bristol and took them to my dad. And on the way back, I started to feel really, really ill. And I got this like banging headache, so bad, unbelievable, which I had for about three days. And then for the next 10 days, I could barely breathe. Taste <gasps> went and uh, I'm pretty sure I had COVID. Right. I think I might have got it from the petrol station <laughs> when I put some. <laughs> like the one time you go out, that's such bad luck. Yeah. Oh, my, my, my immune system, I think, was extremely low at that oh, point as well. Yeah. 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 After that, I just had really bad lethargy. Yeah. I couldn't get off the sofa. Yeah. I was watching telly for 12 hours a day, just mm. like a complete zombie. Mm. And... Um, I thought I had to do something to get out of that. Yeah. I managed to find something creative to do that got me out of that space. Yeah, you found a Facebook group. I did. Yeah. I did. They're in Hastings. Um, they're called Frock Up Friday. Frock Up Friday. Oh, people were doing amazing things, actually, to lift their spirits through lockdown, weren't they? So you found these people. So you started frocking up on Fridays. Yeah, well, well what I saw this I saw this page and I thought, wow, you know, that's lovely. It's like basically everyone was down at this point. You've yeah. been in lockdown for a couple of months. Mm. People were just so fed up that they couldn't go out or mm. you know, the way they were dealing with it was that they wanted to they, to dress up and paste a picture and put it onto this platform. Yeah. And and actually you could see that the people on there were really friendly and kind and had mm. lo- nice comments to make and you knew that you wouldn't be having any um bitchy comments or you know or negative yeah. comments on there it was just full of positivity lovely and I thought you know what I'm gonna make something for this gig that I did in the February mm-hmm. just before Simon died mm. I'd been working on this jacket which had a big set of wings attached to, to it yes I hand-painted them in old violet paint inspired from an actual lovebird oh. it took me two months and um Simon was very patient because there were painted feathers all over the floor <laughs> most days so I did a love poem to go with it I, I uh, performed a love poem oh. so I thought you know what and I, I'm gonna have a go at making another another set of wings mm. and then I'll post it up on Rock Up Friday Brilliant. Because I had to do something because I was just 12 hours a day watching reality TV, just mm. like right state. And so um, I spent two weeks hand painting these wings. Mm. And then I posted them up on the Frock Up Friday group. This is my first post. Yeah. And I think about, I had about 900 comments. Wow. And every, wow. you know, I'll, I know. And it's yeah. like, it's really strange because I didn't know, well, I actually didn't know a handful of them, but um, apart from them, I didn't know any of them. And it wow. was like the fact that they had taken their time to offer me condolences. Yeah. It meant a lot, honestly. It just Massive. It really, the, it, the power of positive language for me yeah. right at that point was incredibly, yeah, helpful. So good. And um, that's like such an amazing example of 
being creative with something, which is already, you know, there's a therapeutic element to making something like that and then sharing it with people, connecting with people and then connecting with you and what you've done as a human being because of what you've done. So I just love that as a story in its own right, that the power of art and the power of creating things to connect us to each other. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. My pleasure. Mm. And so off you went from there and carried on doing more of them. Uh, Yeah, I did. I think most people who have lost someone very dear to them Mm. uh, will tell you that the the first year is the difficult. Yeah. In fact, it never really does get any easier, but the first year is like the first of everything. It's like the first birthday without them, the first Christmas without them. Yeah. But it's, it, it stings. Yeah. And so the next thing was Simon's birthday. It, It came up about six weeks after this first creation mm. from Club Friday and I thought you know what I'm going to make another set of wings but this time I'm going to, it's going to be a tribute to Simon because by making something with him in mind made me feel closer to him yes of course because Simon was a cancer horoscope sign right and so I went for like either a crab shell or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I came up with a harlequin shrimp in the end. So I thought oh, I found yeah. them online and thought they looked stunning. They're amazing, yeah. Orange and bright white, is that right? Yeah, yeah. aren't they amazing? White They're paint, yeah. 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 So that's what I went for. I went and again, it, it felt amazing to be close to him and it gave, gave me something to do during the lockdown. Yeah. And, you know, painting is obviously very therapeutic anyway because, you know, you, you can spend hours doing it. It takes your mind off things and mm. before you know it, had an enjoyable day or a bearable day with something to show for it yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. I was still very very heartbroken at that point but um I made those wings took some pictures put them on my I think I just shared them around you know and again it feels nice to get some good feedback and I really enjoyed making them and I felt closer to him and I just carried on through the year then the autumn time was his favorite time of year Mm. looking at um the, the, the leaves that obviously for that time of year they look so beautiful the oranges and the reds and everything mm. and so I created this skirt made of leaves that I managed to preserve amazing it's like part glycerine part water wow soak them for a couple of weeks so yeah they they don't they don't dry out ever mm. so Brilliant. I'm planning this year to do a massive one an absolutely huge massive great big skirt made of leaves <laughs> wow can't wait to see that amazing thank you yeah so after that it was coming up to new year's eve yeah. and this would be the first new year's eve without simon right the very very sad and difficult time but luckily um i have some friends and colleagues that i work with on music projects yeah robot monkey a collective based in South Wales. Oh. Robot Monkey do live performances with percussion and they also have MCs and singers. Wow. I dance with them as well. So uh-huh. I've been working with them for a couple of years and they reached out to me on New Year's Eve and asked me if I'd like to perform online with them. Oh. Raise money for men's health, mental health. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. How did that go? Oh. You know, it was amazing because... All the other projects that I've been doing were based around creating costumes. Mm. My love of costume originally came from my love of dance. Yeah. And, you know, it's been difficult for everybody. Nobody's been able to dance. Right. In the lockdown. 
yeah. they gave me a challenge of doing two hours of dancing. <gasps> Were you match fit? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't too bad. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like it, sometimes it just takes your friends to offer you something nice. To kind yeah. of, and once I'd done this performance mm. and we did a bit of money, it was exactly what I needed to get my mojo going for performing again, for dancing. So I really have a lot to thank them for because they really helped me get back on my feet at a very difficult time. That's so lovely. That's really lovely. There was a couple more. There was a dragon. We'd been working on this headpiece together and um, it was just lying about. And I thought, if I don't do something with that, it's just going to get wrecked. Mm. That was the one creation that I really went completely into a rabbit hole and was overcome with thoughts about him. Oh, really? Okay. I think it was because we'd been making this headpiece together, so I knew he touched and helped create this. He was, in essence, in the headpiece. I went into a complete, almost like trance, thinking about him, and Mm. it felt so sad and heartbreaking. But at the same time, because obviously my foundation was dance, I was able to choreograph a dance piece in memory of him. Wow. So the whole thing, making that or finishing that headpiece and then the dance is a massive yeah. grief ritual for you in a way. Yeah, it um, really was. It was uh, I'm not particularly religious mm. um, or anything like that, but it does feel a bit like maybe somewhere I was connecting with him still. Mm. I don't know whether I was or not, but it, it felt like maybe somewhere he might be able to see what I'm doing. Oh. I know you probably can't, but at the time, that's how it felt. Wow. And it, it helped me so much because we were going, we still are going through this pandemic. Mm. I didn't want to sit and watch telly every day and get depressed. And I thought I was already depressed enough. Mm. So um, it literally helped me, helped me from, from going under. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now... Are you planning to dance live again or have you started or? I am. I'm, I'm performing later on in the year in a, a festival called Summer of Love. Great. After the dragon, I made this beautiful phoenix bird, which I managed to put on a pole and um, it floats about and it looks it's so beautiful. It'd be great for festivals and for, for a creative dancer like myself. It's a bit niche and um, there's not so many um, opportunities mm. for live performances. But I am going to stick with it because I can offer cabaret, like a six-minute storytelling cabaret piece with my mm. dancing. I can do stage performance, freestyle dancing. Yeah. And I can offer walkabout. So the plans are just to keep going with it. And so I, I, I did work for the Acid House Experience and they mm. put on a gig in Heaven Nightclub in London, which I wow. performed at. I've been there for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, they're sort of really supporting what I do. So I'll be working with them later in the year. Fab. Um, Where can people go to find examples of your wonderful costumes? I have a dancer's page called Lady Amp on Facebook. Yeah. I also have Amanda Perry Facebook as well. Oh, so people can also see a little bits of your dancing. Honestly, you're so good at it. I really do hope you get lots of bookings as we open up. Thank you very much. And thank you so much for sharing your story. It's a really powerful story of art and emotion that really kind of proves the point I'm trying to make with this series so beautifully. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's, it's nice that someone actually wants to uh, hear the story.
Oh, I think a lot of people will. It's nice to keep my husband's memory alive as well. Certainly is, certainly is. And you certainly are. And uh, you're a credit to him. You really are. So thanks so much, Amanda. And I hope to see you soon in real life person. That would be great. That would be awesome. Take care. Thank you. Okay. What an unimaginably tough time for Amanda and her daughter. I so wish them both better times to come. Amanda certainly continuing to honour her husband Simon with new fabulous wings and outfits and truly stunning headpieces that are marvels of practical construction as well as imaginative design. I was struck by her determination not to get stuck in any particular pigeonhole and to bring all her skills and experience to doing things her way. If not getting your boobs out means it's not burlesque, then so be it. Do things your own way and you'll do them at your best. 1950s burlesque star Tempest Storm, how's that for a name, is quoted as saying, always leave something to the imagination. And I think there's a good place to leave it. If you enjoyed this chat, there are other great guests in the series, so please feel free to subscribe on any of the usual podcast platforms. If you'd like to rate and leave a positive review on Apple or Google or whatever, that would be extra wonderful because that's a great way of the series reaching new ears. And so, until next time, enjoy keeping all your senses open and alive to whatever art makes your life better.